Julia. Welcome to this episode of Dad Bod History, <laughs> Pandemic to Progress, Episode 4. Today we're going to talk about entertainment and uh, what's more entertaining than an ice cold beer on a hot summer day. Right, guys? Amen. Amen. All right. Never uh, really so, entertained me. So, I mean, it's refreshing. Well, that just entertained me. Just listening well, to that was fantastic. That's Nick. So, Nick is entertaining. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to talk about is, is entertainment and specifically how we see... Uh, after this pandemic's over, how, how we see things like movies, um, television, tourism, how all those things are going to be different, how we consume entertainment or how we view things like vacation time and, and taking trips and going to tourist destinations. Um, and so, I mean, I, I guess first off, the biggest one that I saw initially was movies. Um, has a movie been released in the past four months in a theater? I, if it has, it's been nothing I've ever heard of. Um, Wonder Woman, I think, was supposed to be released this month, and now it's been pushed to September. Um, production for a lot of movies is on hold right now. Black um, Widow was supposed to be released releasing. in May. What was that? Black Widow was supposed to be released in May. That's pushed to yeah. November. Uh, the Hamilton <clears throat> Hamill film, Hamilton film, um, was released on Disney Plus. Um, that was supposed to be a theater release, but obviously they couldn't do that. Um, so it's interesting to see how the the big market blockbuster movies have been either pushed out or they've been pushed onto uh, streaming platforms. And uh, I mean, I, I don't know how the movie theater industry is going to be different. It's certainly not going to cease to exist, but it's going to be very, very different than it is now. I think last year they had made record revenues and now they're struggling to survive. Um and, uh, you know, it's maybe I'll just defer to Nick because you're far more experienced in this than any of us. Have you seen any changes or? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like you said, you look at the, that Tom Hanks movie that's coming out, Greyhound on Apple TV. Would that have been released in theaters instead mm-hmm. of just going straight to, to Apple TV? I mean, it was a huge, it looks like a huge summer blockbuster, so. It's kind of an interesting uh, thought there. What's what's even more interesting to me is like what what are they going to do now, right? Eric and I mm-hmm. uh, actually talked about this the other day, where it's like, what are you going to start shooting content with people in masks? I mean, if this if we're looking at a two year coronavirus masked up run, you know, it's not ending till twenty twenty two. Then our new normal is people in masks. So you start shooting content like that. It's doable. You could do it, I guess. You get small crews and put things together. But does anybody want to watch that? Or do we all just want to sit at home and watch things that remind us of, you know, the time before didn't involve the (laughs) coronavirus, you know? Yeah. You you said at some point, masks become so normal that it's like you don't even think about it being this, oh, this reminds me of the pandemic that we're in. No, that's just our norm. So, I don't well, know. You Do you guys find it, yourself Nick. looking for content that's like 
not coronavirus related. Well, there's not a whole lot of coronavirus content, but except for the I just mean like when you when you watch. I mean, yeah. I think the only thing I noticed I'm watching something and you. I haven't really started doing it yet, but when you see people shaking hands or giving hugs or breathing close to each other mm-hmm. on a show, and you're like freaking out, like right. you can't do that. Back up, give them space. That's very true. Right. And how much will series in the future reflect this kind of our change in behavior? And well, first of all, does the the behavior remain? How much do people continue wearing masks? How much do we stop shaking hands? And how much do we continue to socially distance for how right. long? And will that affect the art we make? Right. Well, and I think any, I think Hollywood always kind of reflects the sentiment of its times. Um, you know, in the 40s and 50s, what movie wasn't related to World War II somehow? Uh, even White Christmas, it starts out as a, right? The the general and the Bing Crosby and Danny Kay were serving under this general, and that was the opening scene. Is at a battlefield in France? That's how it started. But it's a Christmas movie, so I think any major movie always sort of reflects its time. And so I'm I'm assuming in the next couple of years, a lot of movies are going to be dealing directly or indirectly with COVID and COVID in America in 2020 and 2021. Um. But how we consume that also will be a reflection of that, right? Like when this is over, or maybe maybe this is a better question. How often did you guys go to a movie theater before COVID in a year? Uh, I've got three kids, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably lucky to go once a quarter. I'm not a big movie goer, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, I think we probably went about that often maybe four times a year just because you have kids and life is busy once every three months for me yeah and if you did go was it for (laughs) the kids was it a movie with that would be with the kids um i would say most of the time maybe once a year my wife and i will go to a movie just like on a date okay you know so do you see that changing now when when this is all over and the theaters are open back up do you see yourself yeah. going the same or less? I want to say they'll probably be, I'll probably go a lot the first couple of months. Like I might go, you know, three times in the first mm-hmm. few months just because I'll be so excited about it. It'll be a novelty again, especially for the kids. But after that, I'll probably be able just to get out of the house. Yeah. You know, it's something we haven't done in a while. I mean, we went to the zoo today and it was like, I haven't been there for a year for a five year old which my son is five that's a revelation right it's like oh my god what is this place this is amazing like he doesn't even it's like it never existed in some ways so mm-hmm. i think the movies will be kind of like that too you know it'll be a novelty for us and the kids for a little bit but it's an interesting question because as the unique thing about the time we live in now is of course the internet and technology right 100 years ago when the spanish flu happened that wasn't an option and so if this thing goes goes for two years and by this thing i mean if movie theaters are shut down and other forms of large entertainment are shut down like that for the next two years i mean the market is really going to capitalize on people wanting to be entertained at home and so i think all of our sound systems and television systems and entertainment systems are going to be upgraded in the next two years 
um, we're just all going to do it. So how does that affect our desire to go to the theater? And on top of it, they've now proven the concept that people will watch these things at home, which I don't know if that is becomes unproven when when we're not all stuck there. But, uh, you know, Trolls made the, the second Trolls movie, I think, made like $90 million or something. Um, just being released straight to a uh, streaming service. Well, it was That's it was straight to streaming, good. but it was um, a twenty four hour rental. Yeah, but it was a twenty dollar twenty four hour rental, which most rentals on Amazon yeah. Prime are between four and six dollars. So they released it right. with a high cost rental. But as if you know, what would you have spent going to the theater with, you know, two adults and three kids? 20 bucks is a steal that, and I yeah, can watch right. it more than once in 24 hours, but I don't get to right. buy it right out yet. Um, I think they proved that could be a model. It's not going to work for black widow or wonder woman because those things need to bring in like a billion dollars yeah. over the course of, of six weeks. So um, it works for some films, but for the yeah. biggest ones, I, I don't know how they can capitalize on that. Well, and I think, and maybe that changes the the production value or the production money they put into these projects. Then yeah, we can't but, sink two hundred fifty million dollars into a film because we're not going to be able to get it back because the theaters are not open. So, something I like about Netflix um, is that they just kind of say, "Who wants to make a movie?" And then they just make a ton of movies. The most recent one is The Old Guard. And I haven't seen it yet, but it looks really awesome uh, with Charlize Theron. And these are A-list actors and actresses. And they said, all right, well, we'll make a movie. We'll make an action movie. We'll make a, a rom-com. We'll make anything you want. And then they just put it out there. And they're just dominating the space. And so I think the idea of Netflix really kind of broke the idea that, yeah, we can make movies for your home and you'll watch them. And now Disney and, and others are getting in on that. Um, so what does a movie theater do to compete? If, if you can send these new movies straight to your home, how do they have to adapt to survive, I guess is the question. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it becomes like um, it has to be kind of a full entertainment experience, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe they have to offer more than just movies and popcorn. Yeah. Maybe there's you know a, a gaming area for kids maybe there's like maybe it becomes more like a theme park you know where you have they're hiring people to come in um who are like dressed up as characters from kids movies so that but there has to be another reason to go mm -hmm. so I, I think that's a that's a really interesting question and i think so, it might actually be an opportunity too right like coming out of the pandemic in two years can you be a new business or a theater that comes up with like a full entertainment experience that makes people want to come? What were you going to say, Cameron? Cameron? Did we lose him? He's just sitting very still. Oh, it's frozen. <laughs> um, well, and something I noticed is malls, right? Malls have been struggling for, for years now, mm. but the ones that are successful are more experienced based um, at the AZ Mills mall. They have the sea life aquarium. They have Legoland there. 
they have a movie theater next to it. They have the food court. They have a game works. They have all these things where you can go do stuff. You're not just going to buy clothes. You're not just going to buy things. There's stuff you can do while you're there. And then while you're there, you'll go and buy stuff. And I think movie theaters have to, like you said, Nick, they kind of have to get real creative in how they survive. And if it's offering an experience like a mini theme park, like you said, I think that's a a really good option. Yeah, Disneyland uh, uh, or, or downtown Disney attached Disneyland to themselves yeah. as a shopping mall. So, that's true. One I mean, of the things that I've been that I thought was cool is um, drive-in movie theaters are kind of making a, a comeback. And even in Phoenix of all places, it's a hundred degrees until it's 9 p.m. Um, but several little farms and, you know, even people that own a big lot of land have been opening that up and they've been wildly popular from what I've heard. So I thought that's kind of a, a nod to, you know, simpler times pre-COVID. Um, to our, our point earlier is that people want to be reminded of pre-COVID easier times. Yeah. And it's a safer way to watch a movie, right? Yeah. Because you're in your car. And most cars have excellent stereo systems now, so you just tune to the right station mm-hmm. and you can get yeah, so and get that audio experience. So do the theaters, the current theaters, go, you know, lease some land and set that up? I mean, all they have to do, because they have the rights, they have all the uh, contracts into place to purchase and rent these films, mm-hmm. they just have to set up what a screen and a projector and, and a broadcast. Like, that's it. That's a pretty low investment to get themselves back into showing films again. And that would be so cool if that is something that came back and stuck was drive-in theaters because it would be this hearkening back to a different time as a way to progress, to move forward um, post-COVID. I think that would be... Do you think that would be the thing that would make America great again? Oh, man. (laughs) I think that would be cool, though. I mean, I, I remember when I was living in Green Bay, there was some drive-in theaters, and, and that's where we would go. And, I mean, now, I mean, it was 15 years ago or so, but it was still really a cool experience to go to a drive-in. It's like 20 years ago, Jake. This is after college. Oh, really? So, yeah. Um, wow. So, uh, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. And uh, if that would come back, I think that would be something I would I would enjoy taking the kids to to go see the next big Pixar or DreamWorks movie at a drive-in. That would be a fun experience. I, I will say that there there is something to be missed about being in a room packed full of people. It's similar to sports. Um, you know, I remember, I can still remember like when Amy and I went to go see Avengers Endgame and, you know, kind of the feeling in the theater when there's certain moments that happen in the film and it's just like that's a really cool moment because the whole room all kind of you know sucked in air at the same time or had a similar reaction that was kind of fun to be a part of um that's something that you know i don't know when that gets to come back because even when theaters open their closed room you know seating uh how much space between parties how much social distancing, how much time between every showing so that they can clean. Um, I think that's going to be something that's going to be a long time coming. 
I do. Th- yeah, I agree with you, and I do think it's going to be one of the last things that tries to open up because of all the things you just said, and because yeah. there is an alternative, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there is this available alternative, which isn't true for a lot of other. But I, that, that alternative is not going to be available for your biggest blockbusters. So is it going to change kind of the level and value or, or production value of where um, just the type of films that are made? Right, you're saying, like you suggested before, <clears throat> you're not going to spend $200 million on a movie because you can't get, you know, 60 bucks per family right. at the theater anymore. You don't have that release. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's really interesting. I'm not sure. Maybe they do like lower production value Marvel movies and like Thor's wearing a mask. And (laughs) (laughs) if the God of thunder is susceptible to COVID, then the MCU needs to just shut it down. That's not, but that's a good question. (laughs) It's actually the plot of the movie. Do you bring, (laughs) Next door movie. <laughs> Do you bring? It just starts out with this like under black. There's just this low coughing, and then we just find Thor in a room. <laughs> it's just he's, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just does the MCU bring COVID into its universe? Does DC bring COVID into its universe and deal with it, or not? Well, it'd be much grittier in the DC universe, whatever they did. So yeah, that's one thing. Um. But then, okay, so here's another question that I just I think I, no. I think you alluded to, Eric, was um, tourism, right? Uh, Disney one, World in Florida just sorry, opened up. One more entertainment thing. Okay. Because there's something that you and, and Nick and I have been waiting for for a long time, and its production yes. got shut down, and I'm worried that as it's the production time. time is waiting. Now, it's not like these actors have other jobs to go to, but I'm just terrified that Wheel of Time will just crumble or it will just suck one of the two but um you know what we've waited for for 15 years mm-hmm. is finally in the making and then covid shuts it down it's very frustrating well and that's actually something that i'm i guess i'm on the opposite end because i think when it comes to comic book movies or um long form stories like when they take novels or series of novels and, and put them into onto the screen. I think they're best served by being on the small screen. And so right. instead of the next Marvel blockbuster movies, they build um, uh, smaller screen type storytelling. And that's uh, what they're the, working the reason, on, right? Yeah. So I think that's going to be something that expands. The reason, and I think Star Wars is the best example, the Star Wars movies, the last three were okay. Um, I really didn't like the last one at all. But the Star Darrow. Wars shows, like um, Revenge of the Sith, the, the animated shows are excellent shows. and Or The Mandalorian on hey, Disney+. If, Plus. if there's Those anything are that proved the viability of actors wearing masks during the run of a show, it's The Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can have your main so, character and not see his so, face. So right, Disney ahead, and... and uh, and Lucasfilm, they're they're seriously considering and they're in discussion to remove the last three films from canon. Because they were so poorly yeah, received. Yeah, and, and move them over to the Star Wars Legends and then make new movies that, that will actually be received well. Well, I mean, yeah, because 
I mean, they need to make $3 billion, so that's how they do it, is say the last three didn't count and make three new ones. That's a great marketing strategy. I want my money back. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, two- Disney knows how to make a buck. But, okay, so then getting into Disney again, Disney World just opened up recently in Florida. Um, probably too early. But when... There was, like, nobody there. When this all, like, when this all dies down... And the theme parks, Disney World, Six Flags, um, Universal Studios, when those all open back up, and, you know, if you live in California, are you going to go? And and if so, what precautions are you going to take? I mean, that's a, I think it's a question that's going to go through a lot of Americans' minds. There, um, there's the only so many months. cautions that I can take, because if I take a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a three-year-old... Mm-hmm. Like they're going to touch and lick everything. So sure. Like we can put masks on them all, but they're because they're watching everything. you lick your fingers and touch the keypads. Yeah. And use just, getting, debit just getting something here at Starbucks. <laughs> I, but you know, there's hand railings everywhere and they, and they use all this physical barriers um, to kind of, to, to guide everyone. But it's okay, all like, so it's all manipul- getting- manipulative. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'll go. So you don't know if you'll ever or what, I, I don't six know months after they open up. I don't know when we'll year. go again. Yeah. It's also really expensive. So like, I don't want to go and get, freak like, out when like yeah. some guy coughs six feet from me. If it's yeah, crowded. You know, it's I, experience. So what yeah. would you do yeah. instead? Like, would you do a staycation or like, I, I, I guess, Eventually, we're going to do stuff with our families. We're going to take them out somewhere. So, if not to the big theme parks, what are you going to do? Or, or not very have farm. You done? <laughs> I, I think that there's a bigger opportunity to go outside and do, you know, outdoorsy things and go to the mm-hmm. beach or go to national parks or whatever, um, because entertainment doesn't have to necessarily be in the theater. You know, mm-hmm. time and money are two things that the value of time and the value of money are changing right now. You know, we all have more time on our hands than pre-COVID, I think. And we all, well, not everybody, but but a lot of people have less money than they ever have. So, you know, taking bike rides or going to the park or those, those quote unquote old school family activities, I think are going to um, become a bigger deal. I remember um, early in the pandemic, I went to, target for for um it was just a bike uh tire for my daughter whose whose tire popped and every bike was gone and so many people were oh we're going to take more walks with our kids so everybody bought a bike and i just thought of all things i wouldn't have expected that yeah i've I've noticed that i can't find weights anywhere like dumbbells Mm -hmm. Those 15, I mean, 45 pounders, I can't find them. Something that... I, I'm more in the market for 75 pounders. Settle down, Wolverine. Gosh. Um, <laughs> something I remember doing a lot when I was a kid was going camping. And I think that's something I would like to do again. Unfortunately, living in Arizona makes that difficult unless you want to drive two to three hours. Um, and now everybody's going camping. So even when you get to the campgrounds, there's 
nowhere to go. Social distancing um, measures in place. Yeah. So I, I think that's something I'm looking forward to. Um, and like you said, Cameron, we've been going outside a lot more and um, going to the park or we have a little pool in our backyard just going playing in the pool. Um, that's how with our kids we've been using this time to to do something other than just sit down and watch a movie on TV or play on a tablet or go to a theater. Um, but we did go to the zoo a lot um, prior to this. You know, we had season passes to the zoo. We went to the Sea Life Aquarium a lot. Um, so I think that's definitely something when everything opens back up, those experiences is what we're going to go to first. And then maybe in a year or two, we'll think about going to a, a Disneyland or Universal Studios type thing. So Nick, we talked about tourism the other night and, uh, Nick lives in Hawaii <clears throat> and, uh, you show that, you, show us where that is behind you. So Perfect Hawaii, reaching distance right there. <laughs> For those that don't know, this, Hawaii is the southernmost state in the United States. That's actually true. I never true, thought about that before. Thank you. Yeah, it's just, it's just so, the, it was so the prominent you know. behind you. Yeah, the more you know, Rainbow. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, what were you... So tourism Nick was impacted. talking about, you know, tourism has been impacted, but everyone in Hawaii, in Hawaii seems to love it. They love that there's no tourists, um, mostly because of... Traffic. There's no traffic. So rush hour is no longer rush hour. All times of the day seem equal on the road. It's just like, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, Hawaii, uh, Honolulu specifically, was the second, had the second worst traffic in the nation. Like the last four well, or five years. We got years like one highway, right? Exactly. So, I mean, there may be other places where you get stuck in a traffic jam. You have longer to go, so you might be stuck longer. But the amount, the number of traffic jams and the amount of time you spend in traffic for the number of miles that you're traveling is the second highest, second to LA. Um, so pain in the butt to get around a lot of times. Okay. But, yeah. But so Hawaii up. is a tourist heavy, heavy state, right? Yeah. And I'm guessing there's thousands of jobs that are tied to the hospitality and tourism industry. So while it's great now is, is how are they going to cope a, with that? It's a great point. Unfortunately, the government is printing money right now. And so all the people who are out of jobs are actually making more money than they were before, um, which they're pretty they, stoked about. But They just I, want to keep it I that way. Exactly. How, exactly. So for a number of reasons, everybody's really happy that, mm -hmm. that tourism isn't happening. But um, yeah, long term, it's obviously not good for the state. But right now, it's really been nice for locals. We were just down in Waikiki today, went to the zoo, at the beach. And usually as a local, when you go down to Waikiki, which is the kind of big tourist hub on Oahu, the, the part of the island where all the hotels are, basically. There's, it's like all tourists, it's like 85% tourists, like 15% locals at any given time. And I think it was pretty much reversed mm. today. Like almost everyone I saw down there was from here, uh, local, and there was, there was only a few tourists. So it's nice for now, but how that all plays out in the end, I don't know. So you were telling Nick was telling me a story. Um, the rental car companies 
are not renting their cars out because there's no tourists. But they don't ha actually have the space. And I think this is kind of crazy. Rental car companies in Hawaii don't have the space at their physical locations to hold all the cars that they actually own. Because they're always right. rented out. So they right. had to park them at Aloha Stadium. Right. It's basically our, our biggest uh, sports stadium here um, on Oahu. And, uh, you know, the surrounding parking lot around the stadium is huge, right? Um, the stadium probably seats like uh, like 60,000 people or 50,000 people. Um, so it's a parking lot to hold all those cars. Well, that parking lot is not in use right now, except for rental cars that aren't being used. And they are not parked in spots. They are parked bumper to bumper around the entire stadium, um, wow. filling up the whole lot. It's crazy. You drive by on the freeway and you can look down and just see this glittering sea of. But of, you don't uh, have time to look because you're driving fast because there's no traffic. Because all those no, cars are in the parking 50. lot. <laughs> we still go 50. We're not, yeah. <laughs> we're not going over 50 on the highway. So, so, Nick, what about this? So I got a question about um, my understanding is that. Uh, Hawaii is kind of a fluid time system as far as being on time and, you know, five o'clock is more like five thirty. Has that changed during COVID? No. Has Nick made it no. to our podcast on time? It's, exactly. <laughs> I've proven it. it. It's called, yeah, you're right. It's called Hawaiian time and they, uh, it's gotten worse. It's definitely gotten, gotten worse. Because <laughs> huh. now well, you because they excuse. assume they have plenty of time now because there's no traffic. So they <laughs> exactly. just even later. That's what it is. Exactly. So it's an interesting time over here. You know, it's, um, they, they've <clears> shut down tourism. And I think the other reason that we're happy about that is the obvious, which is that you don't have people flying in from all over the world, right? Potentially mm -hmm. bringing coronavirus from everywhere. So, um, you know, people are still allowed to fly in, but you have to be on a 14 day quarantine. Um, and, them enforcing that is kind of like dubious, but uh, they are doing it where they catch people breaking quarantine. They have arrested mm. people and sent them back to the mainland. But I think it's mostly like as an example to the others. A string well, them up on the side of the hotel. Yeah. A coworker of mine was supposed to get married in Hawaii in June and obviously had to replan all that and got married in Sedona on the fly um, because of the, the quarantine and all that. Cause why go to Hawaii for your honeymoon if you have to be in a quarantine for two weeks? Exactly. Um, so I, I'm sure it's cut down a ton of, a ton of the tourism in there as, as a result of that, even if they only do it only, even if they only enforce it nominally. Right. Yeah. It's definitely cut things down way, way down. And I mean, you know, it seems to be working. I mean, we're uh, we're last in the nation in, mm -hmm. in cases per capita and deaths and everything. So we're we're feeling blessed about that. That's for good. sure. Right, well, I think that kind of wraps up this little train of thought yeah. on on kind of how we see things are going to be different as far as entertainment and tourism goes. Um, so thank you, thank you guys, and uh, thank you everybody for listening. And uh, make sure you like, subscribe, and follow us on all our various platforms. I'm Jake. I'm Eric. That's it. That's Eric. Cameron and I'm Nick. Cameron. So, <laughs> there we go. 
All right. Real Thanks, solid guys. ending, guys. See you next time. <laughs> yeah, real tight. Good job.